0: Hey, welcome to the Mama Advocate Podcast. This is a safe place for adoptive and special needs mamas to feel less alone and find community amidst their unconventional journeys. Here, you're going to find authentic conversations for me and my guest who are parenting fully in the weeds with you. Our goal is to empower and encourage you to be the best mama you can be as you advocate for your people. Guys, I'm so excited to have Goss with us today. I am knowing that you were going to learn some great information from her and all of her goodness um, she's an attorney and so she knows the legit situations about all the iep stuff and so i'm so excited that you're here with us today guys do you mind introducing yourself and kind of telling people what your your greatness is
1: oh wow thank you thank you so much laura uh, my name is Gaz the veteran. i am an education attorney here in austin texas And um, I'm a mother of three kids, one of whom is on autism spectrum and is a cancer survivor. So I've had uh, quite a bit of experience with special education. Um, I started out learning about special education with my son. And then over the years, I have spent a lot of time with parents like myself, um, students like my son, and just helping them, fighting for them, advocating for them, teaching them how what, where, and how to get them from zero to hero in special education. And I I hope I can um, share with you a few um, tips on how to get you started and how to make you an effective advocate for your child with disability.
0: I love that so much. So I had some some just really general questions of Mm -hmm. that I think some of my mama friends have had in the past Mm -hmm. and that I wanted to run by you and kind of hear your expertise on. So the number one is what if I have different goals for my child's IEP than the school does.
1: That is a great question. And just, you know, I just like to give a caveat or just, you know, a foundation. The IEP is data driven, right? IEP is not based on my opinion or the school's opinion or the psychologist's opinion. It is data. So if you have goals that you think are different from what the teacher says, you as a parent, you have to bring your own data to the table. A lot of parents just go in there and say, well, I don't think this is working. I want this instead. But remember, it is data-driven. They have their data. They think what they're doing is working. But if you think what they have is not working, bring your data to the table. And when I mean data, I don't mean you know bring some metadata, something from behind. It can be something as a phone. So let's say, for instance, they say, um, oh, your son is. He has perfect behavior in school. He's a perfect child. But you know that when you take Johnny to the playground, he tears it down, he tears it up. So what you can do is check out your video, check out a phone, make a video recording, and that is your data. And so a data can be a video recording, audio recording. It could be a journal entry. Take that to the school and present it to them like, this, are, this is what I'm seeing and this is why I need this goal. This is why the goal you guys are working on is not working for my son.
0: Because I'm, I, when you say you need to bring in the data, I'm thinking, oh crap, like I need to figure out something in journal (laughs) and this happens X amount of times during the day. And that sounds really stressful to me, but I Mm -hmm. love that just pull up your camera.
1: Right, right, right. Because, because parents are parents.
0: Uh, Yeah, Yeah, they don't have time to be.
1: Exactly, exactly. Taking down the data. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, I I said for one of my parents who was having a really, really difficult time with her son's behavior at home. And the school, because teachers are in school, right? The special education teachers are in school. They're not in your homes. And the school could not for the life of me understand the boy's behavior. But what I told the mom was, hey, once he's having his tantrum, pull out your phone, record it. And the mom did that and we were all blown away. The school now had a firsthand experience or view as to what exactly she had been trying to say for years. And so, yes, data can be anything.
0: (laughs) Um, Okay. If a parent feels like their child needs to be held back and the school disagrees, how much legally, how much legal ground do we have to stand on as parents?
1: Oh, this is a very, because remember, are you talking about a child with disability or just a neurotypical child? Oh, a child with disabilities. All right, all right. So who has an IEP? Great. All right. So the IEP is a gold standard for any child with a disability. So any decision that has to be made concerning progress, progress retention, change of plans has to be done with the IEP team. But generally school districts have their policies and their policies drives retention and progress or promotion and all of that. But once you have a child that has IEP, everything has to be brought within the IEP team and then they have to look at and see, does the data show us that this kid or my child has to be retained? Or does the data show that even though he might be promoted to the next grade, we have goals to meet it up with him. So it's not a unilateral decision by for the parent or the school district, it has to be in the IEP team. Um, But a lot of people really are against um, retention. And there is this article from the National Association of School Psychologists, they say retention is not—it just it runs contrary to the child's progress, that like it doesn't help the child at all. And so you might find a little bit of pushback from the school district when you're asking for retention, because in their mind, they feel like even if we promote your son, we can modify his goals in the IEP to kind of make him progress from goals to goal. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Okay. It makes a lot of sense. Um, And they
0: have that data piece there too. Oh yes, yes, yeah. Now what can a parent expect regarding staff being educated and trained in regards to your child?
1: Oh, this is, I love this question because a lot of parents don't know this and I love to share, like, hey parents, you have rights. (laughs) The law actually says that (laughs) an IEP document should have in there parent training and support training. So there are two types, the parent and support. Um, The support training are the teachers or the aides or the people that work one-on-one with your child. So if your child has a different um, challenge or different disability, and the school is not equipped to work on those disabilities, they are obligated by law to go out and get outside experts to come in and train your staff, train the support. In the same way, the law also says that parents can be trained, parents should be trained. So if you need support services, if you need the training, it has to be in the IEP. So it's not just it's not just the school that's going to get trained, you as a parent can get trained. And this is what the law says. So make sure parents, you're asking for parent training or support training for your child's disabilities. Because the school, nobody knows everything, right? And the school district cannot hire all sorts of experts. So they have particular yeah. experts, but if a child comes in with a different kind of disability, they are obligated by the law to go out, get the experts, come train their people
0: and you mama. It's just so good to know. <laughs> like that is the most joyous news. That I've- <laughs> I love it. Yeah. But so many times I feel like it's just like given the procedural safeguards, maybe it's in there. I've probably given been given like a hundred of those packets and I never yeah. read them let's be honest. So I, it's just good to have that reminder and know what my rights right. are. And right. so I appreciate you sharing that. You're welcome. Okay. So my next question is how do we, like, if I'm suspicious about an aide or a teacher that I don't feel like is really the best for my child, or maybe I hear stories that I'm like, that's not helpful for them how do I go about like reporting or stating my concerns with that person mm-hmm. to somebody without there being like retaliation upon my child because I'm reporting? Mm-hmm.
1: That is a very good question. So now the, the first question I'm gonna ask the parent. So if your parent was asking me this, I would ask you, did you hear from somebody else or are you seeing some behavior in your son or your child that you can trace back to the classroom so let me answer my own question if you heard it from somebody else that this might be happening you might want to ask your child if your child is verbal if your child can communicate with you and tell you and if the answer is yes then you can now it depends on the relationship you have with this person. You can have a meeting with this person, call a very informal meeting and say, hey, this is what is going on. This is what my child is saying happens in the classroom. It is, I'm not comfortable with it. And that's one way you can start. If you think, if you heard about something that this, this might be happening, you might just want to talk with the principal and say, this is what I heard, could you investigate? And if there is, some kind of issues about child safety or child abuse, then the burden is on the school to investigate. Okay, um, but so that's the first level. The second level is you can take it up a little bit and say, "Do you know what? I'm just not comfortable. I want to call an IEP meeting or an ARD." In Texas, we call an IEP meeting an ARD. So that is a meeting where you know all of the members of the IEP team they come together, and you have a right as a parent to call the number of R's you want in a year, you're not limited to one or two. So if you think you're having, if you have concerns about something, call an R meeting and say, these are my concerns, this is what I am seeing, or my child's progress is not as expected or behavior is different. You call the meeting and you know they are obligated to listen to you and try to resolve it within that process. Um, I understand the part about retaliation, but at the end of the day, the parents and the team are team members, the IEP team and parents are team members. And so if you feel like by speaking up for your child, they are retaliating against you, you can file a due process complaint. You can file an office of civil rights complaints because that is retaliation. You have every right to advocate for your child.
0: That's so encouraging to hear. I mean, it's just so encouraging to hear. I, I know that. I know that that's my job to advocate for my children. But I think so often mm-hmm. I feel uncomfortable about speaking up because I'm not the expert and I'm not the I'm oh. not the teacher or the you know.
1: Oh, okay. Can I can I just say something here? This is. <laughs> you are the expert of your child. Remember that you are the expert of your child. So all of these IEP team, team members, they have different specialties there's the occupational therapies, speech therapies, a, a licensed school psychologists. but guess what? You are the expert of your child. And when you come in and say, I know my son, when he's at home, he's this way. But once he gets off the school bus, I notice a difference in him. I'm the expert. I know him, something is going on. And I want you guys, I want us to talk about it. I want us to investigate what's going on. So please know that you are the expert of your child in that IEP table. And whatever you say is important, and you have a right to be there.
0: I love that. I need that encouragement sometimes. <laughs> I do. I do know that we are the expert of our children, but I think just the IEP process and all the all the verbiage and all the talking and oh all the testing gosh. and all the things just feel like uh, I don't know what's going on, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's just good to remember that that we are that we are the experts of our kids. I think that's such a good reminder. Yeah. Um, I want to talk to you about buses too, but I'm going to finish up these questions okay. from these mamas. Um, okay. Is there a way to request more services or aids without mm-hmm. the school fighting you?
1: Um, those who would fight would fight. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. You know, if, if, you are, if you're in a school district that is just, you know, they fight parents, you could, they're going to fight you. But remember, and I always want to just emphasize this: the, the IEP process is data driven. If you want more services for your child, you need to come up with data that proves that the services you're giving him is just not enough, okay? And you, you can do that by having, um, by going and getting your own evaluation an independent evaluation by yourself out of pocket. Or you can tell the school district that this is not working. I want a different evaluation. I want you guys, I want the school district to evaluate my son and give him, uh, evaluate him and come up with a new plan as to why this is not working and what we should do going forward. Um, But you know, you just, for example, you cannot come to an IEP meeting and say, I want 60 hours of speech per week, speech therapy per week. They're going to ask you, why do you want, we're giving him 35 hours um, 30, sorry, 35 minutes and I'm not hours. I'm sorry. Uh, let's say you want 60 minutes and they're giving you 30 minutes and you want, you know, they will ask you, why do you want the extra 30 minutes? What is it that, you know, what is backing your request? And so it's usually best for you to come up with something. Do you see your son struggling with speech at home? If yes, bring your data and bring it to them and say, this is why I need extra minutes. And if the school says no, that could be an opportunity for you to say okay i'm going to take it up a notch i'm going to file a complaint or i'm going to go meet with a superintendent or meet with a director of special education but there are different options that you can go to resolve um your goals your request for goals
0: what are our when you said the bus earlier it just reminded me of a lovely situation that happened to our family um we had now, are you ready for just some personal wisdom here?
1: Uh, we yeah. had a,
0: <laughs> a sped um, bus and the two drivers on it, one of them we had a lot of red flags about and he was the one that went and sat with the kids in their spots and it just made us feel really uncomfortable with some things that we're, we were told um, and so we just said, okay, we don't want the kids riding the bus anymore, like don't feel great about that. But it never really crossed my mind to say like, "Hey, can we please have a new bus driver on our route? I don't know if that's allowed. Or hey, can we have them do XYZ as a safety precaution? Or I don't know, what, what are things that we could do with that bus ride
1: okay. in our
0: IEPs Perfect. Um, for our children?
1: Yes, yeah, so that is a great question. And every child that has an IEP you receive special education and related services, right? So it's not just a special education of modifying the curriculum. You get related services. Related services can include transportation. So that is part of the IEP. So if there is something in the IEP, remember, that you're not comfortable with, you request for it. You just don't pull out. If there is something you saw in the bus, the bus driver, you call an IEP meeting, call an R, and say, you know, this aide or this driver is not following safety precautions. This is what I saw. This is my parental concern. As a mom, you have a concern. You lay before the table and they talk about it. Because transportation is part of his IEP. And if the transportation is not working for your son, then they will deny him. They are denying him faith. Faith means free and appropriate public education. He's entitled to transportation. If he's uncomfortable getting on the bus, that I means there's something going on there, and you have to you you really have to work on it to resolve it. And so there is nothing outside of the of the clash. I mean, there is no limit to what you can request for from your IEP meeting, but as long as it is tied to your son's IEP progress. Does that make sense?
0: It makes complete sense. All right, that's so good to know. Well guys, I'm so grateful for you being here with us today and for just You're sharing welcome. all of your wonderful wisdom.
1: You're welcome. And I,
0: I know that you have a lovely book that you need to tell us about. Yes.
1: Yes. And so yes, just like, you know, um, being in this field and just working with my son and a lot of students and parents, I see that the, I think the greatest disadvantage that I see is that parents just don't know their rights. As you said, you know, at, at, at every IEP meetings, they give us procedural safeguards. But who has time to read a 300-page document? Because you're trying to take care of your kids, you're trying to run a business, you're trying to go home and cook dinner. And, so, and, and some, unfortunately, sometimes school districts prey on that ignorance. They know that you don't really know the law. They know that you don't really know your rights. They know that you don't have time to read all of that procedure of And so they try to get away with as much as possible. As long, as long as you allow them to get away with it, they will get away with it. And so, you know, and I meet parents and tell them, do you know you can do that? They're like, no, is can I do that? Yes, you can. And so over the years, just hearing from parents, I just decided to put together a really little book. It's so small that you can pick it up on a day and read it and know from start to finish, what you should be doing, what you should be asking, how you should be presenting yourself in IEP meetings. So the I, the book is called IEP at your fingertips, because you're gonna know the law at your fingertips. You're gonna know advocacy skills at your fingertips. Anything you need to know to take your child from evaluation to if you're gonna to go to due process to resolve issues, it's all on your fingertips. So yes, that's why I wrote the book and I'm so excited about it because I, you know, my passion is to teach parents their rights. Like you have rights, you just don't say or don't sign anything on IEP meeting that you're not sure of. Um, there are lots of things in there that would kind of enlighten parents and empower them on how to advocate for their kids. So I'm really excited about
0: the book. I am too. we're gonna put the link down yes. in the little notes here so that way people can, can grab that. It's yeah. a must have if you have IEPs at all. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful for you. You're welcome. You're
1: welcome.